So, I believe this is the awkward intro. Awkward intro. Awkward intro time. And uh, we, of course, as we normally almost forget to do, completely forgot to do last week, was do our decade recap of how we feel about the decade in general. So we're just going to jump straight into that. Yeah. 2010s. Uh, Starting in 2010, The King's Speech, The Artist, Argo, 12 Years a Slave, Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, Spotlight, Moonlight, The Shape of Water, Green Book, Parasite. If I would have tried a little bit harder, I probably could have made that into a bit of a poem. I bet you could have. Yeah. Yeah, I was feeling it there for a second. So, Jonathan. Yeah. Is this the worst decade of Best Pictures? Oh, man. So, like, the 2010s, when they hit, they fucking hit. Yeah. But when they don't, they fucking don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of those. (laughs) Like... I was thinking, like, man, this might be the best. Oh, wait, hold on. Man, yeah. okay, so it might be the best. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> um, so is it the worst? No. But, again, I just, I, I don't know. This, this, no, it's not the worst. It's not. It's, it's the Stanley Kubrick of movie decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it in there, but you're not wrong. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Zach, is this it, the worst decade of best pictures? Um, no, but it's a uh, disappointing following the 20 aughts. Um, the twats, the twats. <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's kind of a middle of the pack decade. Like Jonathan said, there's some great winners and there's some really crappy ones. Um, I'm looking at, I still think the 30s are probably the worst. Um, the 50 w- winners aren't very good. So the 60s and the 70s are, are still a top. 60s, 70s, and the aughts are probably my top three. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. What do you think, Paul? Um, Yeah, this is a real fucking roller coaster ride of a of a decade. Uh, my, my biggest problem with this decade is there's not a lot that I'm real gung-ho about Mm -hmm. winning best picture, but they're really strong films and I'm okay with winning best picture. Yeah. So, you know, we start out with the King's speech, which, you know, we're at the bottom of the hill. And then I really like the artist and I think Argo is a good film. And I think that does, you know, sure. Why not? Uh, 12 years a slave was kind of a sure. Why not? Birdman goes down the hill for me. Spotlight brings us to the top of the hill Moonlight keeps us there for a minute, shape of water. And then Green Book just plunges us down the hill <laughs> into a, a waste dump. <laughs> uh, we all get hypodermic needles stuck in us. Some of us get AIDS. Uh, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Bad. But thankfully, we while we're down parasite. there, yeah, we came <laughs> up the first <laughs> Um, Yeah, so it's not the worst, but there's two just absolute stinkers as best picture and yeah. a few where I'm just like, okay, sure. Why not? And then Birdman's just kind of, okay, eh, I don't think it deserves yeah. best picture, but yeah, but we, but we finished the, the decade strong and hella strong. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a great winner. Yeah. So no, but I feel like there's so many huge, uh, 
just best picture nominees. You like you've always said, there's too many nominees, and I feel like most years, even with all the nominees, they still kind of pick the wrong ones, but mm-hmm. not not the worst ones all the time. But yeah, not the right picks. Yeah, so that's where I'm at with that. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. not the worst decade. No. Not the worst. We march on to a new one. Hooray! Yeah. Well, let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about it. beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce and i'm zach mccoy and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar podcast the show where we discuss oscar winners throughout history try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what film are we watching this week zach this week we're watching nomadland which is the story of a recently widowed recently laid off woman who gets in a van and tries to decide what to do with her life and is this everybody's first time seeing Nomadland? Yes. No. No for me, Zach. Do you remember the first time you watched it? I watched it uh, shortly after it was on Hulu. Um, and I see that it premiered uh, exactly two years to the day from when we're recording. Um, oh, at... Um, at the Venice. Venice. Yep. Yeah. Which, which I, just wrapped up last weekend, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that another time. But yeah, um, <laughs> don't worry, darling. <laughs> but yeah, is uh, uh, January or February, whenever it was on. Yeah, I'd like to say that they dropped this on Hulu pretty much in sync with the um, the limited theatrical release, or January twenty ninth. It looks like twenty twenty one. So right around that time. Yeah. So I ended up watching it on Hulu before the ceremony. Right. Uh, but I don't remember when specifically. I was very excited to watch it because it looked very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, given that, let's do an Oscar breakdown. All right. So this year, uh, because of COVID, COVID pushing back a lot of stuff uh, and shutting theaters down for months, they gave a short qualifying run. Uh, for January and February of 2021 mm. mm-hmm. to uh, for nominations. Now, normally, you know, it is a full calendar year, so we're running from January 1st to February 28th. So the ceremony is a couple months later, uh, dropping in op- on, on April 25th, 2021, cautious and germ-free night. Yeah. We are at Union Station in Los Angeles, California, because they wanted to have a more open air spot to shoot the Oscars. So they uh, inconvenience a bunch of Los Angeles residents. (laughs) Ring the bell. New location. (laughs) Taking up the busiest hub of transportation in Los Angeles. Nice. Um, It's a very interesting ceremony. As you can go back and listen to our episode with watching the last hour of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our host 
is no one again. But Nobody. we do start out with a really interesting long take of uh, the Queen, Regina King, entering Union Station and uh, coming up on stage to introduce the show. Our most nominated film on the evening is Mank. 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 At 10. The most awarded film on the evening is Nomadland at three. Three. Real. Share the love kind of night. Tiny baby. Nomadland wins Best Picture, giving Molly Asher, Dan Janvey, Francis McDormand, Peter Spears, and Chloe Zhao Academy Awards for producing. Mm -hmm. uh, it beats out The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mike. Mike. <laughs> Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Chloe Zhao wins Best Director for Nomadland, making her only the second woman to win the Academy Award in 93, nine, yeah, 93 years. Mm -hmm. And the first woman of color. Yep. Yep. Uh, she also... Being a woman that writes, edits, produces, and uh, directed the film, she sets a whole bunch of precedent for that, for being the first woman to be nominated for in all four of those categories. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get to how those break down in a moment. Okay. All right. Best Actor, which of course was the final award given out on the night, so everybody could go home feeling good that uh, good old Chadwick Boseman wins a posthumous award. Goes to Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Yeah. <laughs> a performance that I will say it was possibly the best performance of the year, but they still made the wrong decision. Yeah. 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 And more so by the way they set up the whole show. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. That was bizarre. And Steven Soderbergh is producing this evening. So yeah. whatever happened there, I'm not sure what he was doing. Uh, best Actress goes to Frances McDormand for Nomadland, giving this, you know, making this her third Academy Award, uh, and also upsetting a bit of history here where Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday is the first time two black women are in competition with each other in the category. You know, I say that now and that may, that note may be wrong, but... Um, because I think Cecily Tyson, when she was nominated for Sounder, was up against somebody. No. Oh. Uh, cut that. Don't. Doesn't matter. Uh, but nonetheless, two black women in the category together. Still give it to the white woman who has two Academy Awards already. And uh, still yeah. only one black woman has won this, this award. <laughs> yep. In 93 years. Hey, but Steven Young got nominated for Best Actor. Finally, an Asian nominee. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, best Supporting Actor goes to Daniel Kaluuya for the Judas and the Black Messiah. Yay! Uh, he's, and he's up against Leslie Odom Jr. and Lakeith Stanfield. Uh-huh. All sorts of great actors. Uh, best Supporting Actress goes to Yu Yun Jung for Minari. And I'm pretty sure I butchered her name, and I apologize. Uh, she's excellent in that film. Very good. Best original screenplay goes to Promising Young Woman, giving Emerald Fennell an Academy Award. Emerald Fennell was also nominated for 
Best Director for Promising Young Woman, and I believe that made that the first time two women have been nominated against each other in the category. Hmm. Yeah. I still need to see that movie. It's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what I've heard. Fine. Uh, I have notes on that, but we'll get there. Sure. Uh, best Adapted Screenplay goes to The Father. Beating out Nomadland, giving Chloe Zhao her third nomination on the evening. Nice. Best Animated Feature goes to Soul. Hmm. Best International Feature goes to Another Round from Denmark, directed by Thomas Vinterberg, who is also nominated for Best Director. I still haven't seen that. I just know how much uh, past guest... A uh, friend of the pod, Christina Reynolds, loves it. Yeah, so you, you have to watch it specifically for the dance number. Okay. It's hmm. incredible. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Best documentary feature goes to my octopus teacher. Oh, yeah, I remember Jonathan, like, picked that one to win, I think. Looking back at my notes from that. That, that feels correct. Yeah. And the movie Collective, the documentary, is nominated for both documentary and best international feature and i feel like that might be the first time that happened Hmm. i could also be wrong there so if anybody's listening and they have a note on that please let me know uh best documentary short subject goes to colette good job colette but not tony colette who still doesn't have an academy award there is no justice no justice no peace best live action short film goes to two distant strangers best Animated short film goes to If Anything Happens, I Love You. Oh. Yeah, that's a... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm never watching that. It's rough. What is it? It's about uh, school shooting. Oh, gee. Oh. Okay, I should have known. Also, if you get the chance to watch one, two, three, All Eyes on Me, brace yourself for that one, too. Okay. Sure. Um, Best original score goes to Soul. John Batiste, Trent Reznor, and Atticus Ross Academy Awards. John Batiste first, Ross, and Reznor second. Yes, because Reznor was only using three keys again. Three keys. That's all he needs. Best original song goes to Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah, giving Durst Emil II and her Academy Awards for Music, and her and Tiara Thomas Academy Awards for Lyrics. Yes, I love that song. I feel like I need her and him to do some kind of collab. (laughs) Right here in your arms. (laughs) (laughs) And we have marked a new category this year, first time in a while. Mm. Best Sound. They have... Put, they have uh, put together editing and mixing to be one Academy Award. It's just best sound now. Best sound. Okay. Which goes to Sound of Metal. Better yeah. fucking had of. Like, <laughs> I would have flipped a bitch. Yep, yep. that was uh, one of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, best production design goes to Mike. Mike. <laughs> Mike. And best cinematography goes to Mink. Uh, it should not have won. With all of its digital uh, nighttime, daytime shooting. Yep. Uh, also, because it beat out No Man Land. 
Oh, yeah. Best makeup and hairstyling goes to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Best costume design goes to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Best film editing goes to Sound of Metal. Easily. Easily. Mm. Easily. Yep. Uh, Beating out Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Making this her fourth Academy Award on the evening. That woman be doing it all. She is everywhere. Though I think the father could have also won this film editing category. That film mm-hmm. is really weirdly edited, and it's kind of amazing. I still need to see it, but I remember you talking about that. Uh, best visual effects goes to Tanette. Tanette. Uh, and that's that. The Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award has two recipients this evening. One goes to Tyler Perry for his active engagement with philanthropy and charitable endeavors in recent years, including efforts to address homelessness and economic difficulties faced by members of the African-American community. Good. Use that wig and dress to better people's lives. Yep. Stop nominating him for Razzies. Uh, And the Motion Picture and Television Fund for the Emotional and Financial Relief Services it offers to members of the entertainment industry. That is our Oscar Breakdown. Okay. All right. Let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. I really like this movie. Oh my God. This movie's so fucking good. (laughs) I like it a lot too. I, I love a movie where this, this is a movie of the whole, like the characters themselves. I don't even see as fucking characters in this movie. That's how good this movie is. I see like people, this is a, a people movie. and Because literally, the majority of the people in this movie, real people. Yeah. Telling like, their real stories. Yeah. It's so living, living their real lives. And I love that so much because it's just, and that's just what the whole movie feels like of just, yeah, this is a thing. It, I mean, I'm not going to lie. If ever, God forbid, ever something happens that's so fucking horrible to me, and I am left alone, that is what I'm fucking doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I will be in a fucking van living by the river, but I just, oh my God. And it wasn't like, it wasn't trying to pull on any one specific emotion. It was just a story being told. It was not even like a story. It was just stories being told. It was just, yeah. as you said, it's just life. real. Yeah. It, yeah. It's one of the closest uh, narrative films that like could pass as a documentary that I I think I've ever seen. It's like because like you said, Paul, so many of the people are playing versions of themselves. It's just like Francis McDormand is <laughs> put in there, and you throw throw a couple of storylines and things. But yeah, and like a uh, I don't know how many of the people they specifically told that Francis McDormand was an actress, but apparently Bob Wells the the guy who has like the vlog or whatever that they're watching, who she talks uh-huh. to at the end, didn't know Frances McDormand was an actress and they commended her for her bravery on telling her story about her husband to him. Oh, wow. And mm. then she had to break it to him and got in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's just, it's life and it sucks, <laughs> but I didn't see the like, all right. So like, a lot of the people that you were seeing were downtrodden mm-hmm. for a, a reason. Like it's just the, this is their life now 
but they chose this way of dealing with what they're going through. Right. right. So like, it was like, I, I didn't see a, this sucks as much as a, uh, they were, like I said, downtrodden and they found a way to, they, they chose a way to deal with it. They chose a freedom that many of us don't get. Yes. Right. And if they have solace in that, it's hopeful and I love it. Yes. But there's so much pain and hardship beforehand that goes into the decision that you're going to yes. be that yeah. free. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the one woman she's talking to who's telling her about, I've worked since I was 12 years old and I looked at my bank account and I'm, it was $500. Like how, yeah. how is that a thing? Yeah. 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 And while well, her story is fictional fern, like every, everything that kind of went into her choosing this lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, all across the world, but we're specifically, you know, looking at America with all these small towns getting shut down and closed down by bigger companies. And the fact that, you know, Amazon <laughs> plays a significant role in this film and and all these people they you talk about like the the things that have to go uh, they have to go through in order to make these decisions or come to the point a lot of them don't want to feel like a burden to anybody you know fern doesn't want to be dependent on her family or she doesn't want to be tied down in anywhere feel like she, somebody owes her something or she owes them so it, it's interesting yeah i don't know like it's it's hard to see. I I feel like this movie lends itself to have a bunch of interpretations, and that the message within it is the one that you're looking for. Hmm. I can I can mm-hmm. see that because you know, yes, like you said. They, I mean this this is a movie of it 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 takes it takes a bit to be ha- to have that choice in front of you, and all I see is a group of people who are free are now as Zach had said, trying to not be burdens. And I, I, I don't see them as just, just trying to survive. And I see them as people who are trying to live. Yeah. Because each of them, no matter like, Cause you see Fern where she's, you know, trying to find work and she's having difficulty coming up with money still takes time to like swim in the river naked, hug the fucking redwoods. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she is not doing well financially, but she's still using that life to do the things that she knows she wants to do. Right. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I, I see the freedom in, in this movie so much. And I, I look at it as a just finding your hope. Yeah. Even if you never get it, just find it the little bits that you can like, uh, uh, the old lady who had cancer, like she's like, Hey, I'm going to take that la- swanky. That's it. You know, her whole story was just, what was it like her coworker died 10 days after being retired. She's like, don't let that happen to me. So she yeah. didn't. And he bought that boat. He never got to use. Yeah. She says, my, my boat's not in my driveway. It's in the desert. <laughs> Yeah, and again, it 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 takes the tragedy to to make that decision whether whether it hits her like hits her completely personally or it's just kind of like one of those wake up calls. It's the name Swanky's pretty badass. Yeah, that is. Yeah, 
It's just that how easily we discard and let people be mistreated the way they are in this this nation. Yeah, it it's striking me all over again. Like when you just bring up that I've worked since I was twelve and there's five hundred dollars in my account and what do I have to show for it other than the fact that I've survived and yeah, lived yeah. and had paid for places to weather the elements and food and medicine to make sure that I've kept living and yep. Yeah. Fucking shit, man. When I was yeah. 13 years old, um, I, I <laughs> made the decision. I was like, I'm never getting married. I'm going to, I'm going to live in a van and, um, work on my grandparents' farm and go to Washington State University and keep living in that van and I'm going to make a place where I can shower inside it. And obviously all that changed, but like the whole <laughs> uh um nomadic lifestyle and the the what's the word? minimal minimalist kind of lifestyle had an appeal to me at at one point. Um I don't know that I could live in a tiny house or anything now, but Especially not with kids. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, if I were on my own, mm-hmm. like, I I mean, I could tell you from day one that I turned a modem to connect to the internet. I did not ever not want to have one place that didn't have the internet. So I knew I had to stay put in one spot. Mm. But now, <laughs> I'm the opposite, sir. We got wireless internet now. Mm-hmm. I I could still do that, and I could live that van life. So it 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 has a uh, it has a draw to it, and I like tight spaces. So I think just like I don't need a big RV or nothing. Just yeah, give me a van with windows because I don't want to be you know that dude with a windowless van driving around. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, and that she has her whole life shut up in that that storage area, and and can't can't let go of the ghosts of her past. Yeah. Which includes an entire town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that we just allow a town to disappear from existence. Yeah. But I mean, so that's the part where I'm like, I, you, you look at it and you see that it is a sad situation, but it's not something new. No, it's definitely not something new. I mean, ghost towns have. Exactly. Like it's existed for. I, I think it's now the fact, like, because, you know, where before, it's, again, just information being available to us now. Mm-hmm. You see, oh, look, this town is no longer a town anymore because of big business. We now know we, when it happens, right when it happens, where before it was, oh, shit, nobody's here. I guess the railroads fucked this one, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's sadder to see it in real time. Right. I think is is really what's going on. So, I mean, I'm always, I always lament for empty spaces, right. like driving past discarded like shopping centers. You know, not not that consumerism is right something that I I pine for, but the idea that at one point somebody somebody made this, yeah, yeah, and they made it because this is where everything was going on and then we kept expanding and now this isn't where everything's going on. It's somewhere else. Like even, even in Newport news, the town yeah. we live in there, I, I just pass empty shopping centers that have maybe one store in them. If that see, right. 
I kind of enjoy the other way of looking at it, where it's like the Tyler Durden look of, you know, hunting deer in Rockefeller Plaza, like that kind of thing, where it's like you're watching nature take over again. I enjoy that, that look of it, like, especially in Newport News, because I remember Newport News being nothing but trees and then watching it being, wait, where are the trees? And then you see these abandoned places. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, if, if nature was taking over these things, right. That'd be one thing, but somebody's doing upkeep enough to try to sell the spaces. Yeah. So, so while we're knocking down more trees and building more spaces, instead of moving those businesses that are, we're knocking down trees for into these empty business fronts. Yeah. You know, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it, it's not the consumerism that I pine for because I have plenty of that. Right. I guess just what it, what it represents. Yeah. 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 Somebody, like you said, there were, there was hopes and dreams involved there. It was purposefully made and it failed for whatever reason. Now it sits there as a reminder of whatever failure happened and whatever new, better thing came along and, but it's still there and you have to look at it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And they're all spirit Halloweens right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I know, you know, Frances McDormand, um, maybe you don't have to give her a third Oscar, but I mean, she really is one of the greatest and most natural actors, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, she was great. My original letterbox review on this is Frances going for the hat trick and I'm here for it. She's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing no wrong in this film. And there's just such an honesty and earnestness to her. Yeah. I mean, she's, full gamut of emotions and you know even has a pissing and a shitting scene so go good for her there you go yeah yeah i actually enjoyed <laughs> that callback just because it was something that came back yeah they were talking about the shit buckets now you can <laughs> watch her use of the shit bucket right. <laughs> some of you can have a seven gallon bucket <laughs> <sighs> but um on the topic of cinematography yes this movie should have fucking won it's because breathtaking. It's so good. It's so beautiful. Like again, yeah. it's it's three seconds of this movie is her hugging the redwoods and me just going, I fucking love everything you're putting in my eyeballs right now. Yeah. Yep. There's there's just some shots near the end of the film where she's driving towards the town she lived in, and there's just the low fog covering mm-hmm. the mountains, and the way that it's all captured is just yeah incredible yeah i mean give make the production design or whatever that's fine but you don't have to give an award for taking pictures of that production design <laughs> all right well gents do you guys have any other uh notes for this movie uh david strathairn is gorgeous in this film i thought i turned that off just gorgeous he shows up and i love him yeah i was gonna say i i like that you know this is an hour and 45 minute film and it hits everything it needs to. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And mm-hmm. it's, um, mm-hmm. it's, I feel like it's rewatchable. It's not necessarily a exciting film or anything. Some people might even think it's boring or something, but I mean, I, I like, I, I was worried about that. I was 100% worried about that. <laughs> and then I looked at the runtime when you started talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw the runtime. I'm like, Oh, at least it's only an hour and 45 minutes. I sh- I was my eyeballs were glued. I Tapped. enjoyed the shit out of this movie. It was so real. 
you you cannot be bored by this movie. There's yeah. not because it because that's another thing is the pacing on it is <clears throat> it's because it's not a a story that needs to be paced. No, it it's 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 where how much attention you need to give the movie, and at all times you feel like you're invested in every person and every bit of scenery that's around that you you were just drawn to it and it moves to the next one just so seamlessly yeah like and you, and meeting the people and seeing all the natural beauty yeah uh really really endears you to the fact that of course she would choose this in the end yeah she would she would reject David Strathairn and his family and have a, have kind of a stable lifestyle being uh, part of that family so that she could continue to enjoy the people that she, yeah. that she meets and see the natural beauty that is just waiting for her out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't see how one could be bored outside of if you were just, and as a, as a person who is a, constant media sponge who needs bangs and explosions and loud noises in my ears and eyeballs <laughs> at all times. At no point was I bored at no point was I not enjoying what was in front of me. So yeah. I, if you don't like this movie, you think uh, transformers dark of the moon is the greatest film achievement ever. <laughs> That's probably true. All right. All right. You just ready to move on. Sure. All right. Well, let's talk about the Razzies for this year. Okay. With our Razzie Roundup. Should be interesting. So um, some of these I had not heard of, especially when we look at our worst picture, is Absolute Proof. One American News Network is a 2021 political documentary film directed and starring Mark Lindell. Okay. Sure. Basically com- promotes the conspiracy theory that Donald Trump won the 2020 presidential election. Hmm. So... Yeah. Wow, they got that. They got that quick turnaround, huh? They sure did. Because I mean, that was November, and they probably had the uh, the same yeah. extension to February twenty eighth. So they had, they had it, ready. it ready to go. Yeah, yes, did. sir. <laughs> uh, it ends up beating up three hundred, beating up, beating out three hundred and sixty five days. A twenty twenty Polish erotic thriller film with the cover being a dude just with a handful of titty. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll watch that. Yep. Uh, Doolittle. Oh, God. Fuck me. You needed to be reminded. <laughs> that fucking movie. Uh, Fantasy Island, also known as Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. Uh, I've, and, I've seen that. And music. Oh, the Sia film. Which brings us to our worst director, Sia, for music. <laughs> oh, uh, Sia. Beating out Charles Band for all three Barbie and Kendra movies. Uh, Barbara Bielaliska and Thomas Mendez for 365 Days. Uh, Stephen Gowan for Doolittle and Ron Howard for Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> oh, God, Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, worst actor goes to Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, <laughs> by the way. So uh, he, he was in that. The one that won worse. The absolute proof. Yep. Okay. Uh, Beating out Robin, Robert Downey Jr. uh, Michelle Marone for 365 days. Adam Sandler for Hubie Halloween. Oh, boo. Boo on that nomination. And David Spade for the wrong Missy. Okay. I'm fine with that one. That's a pretty terrible film. 
Uh, worst actress goes to Kate Hudson in music, beating Anne Hathaway for the last thing he wanted in The Witches, which I still haven't watched that yet. I haven't either. Um, also beating out Katie Holmes for Brahms The Boy 2 uh, and The Secret Dare to Dream. I was going to say, <laughs> not The Secret, but <laughs> it makes sense that it was The Secret. Uh, Lauren Lapkus for The Wrong Missy, which makes me sad because I do love her. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, and uh, Anna Marie, Polish last name for 365 days. Uh, we're supporting actor goes to Rudy Giuliani for Borat subsequent movie film. Oh, God. Uh, Chevy Chase for the very excellent Mr. Dundee. Shia LaBeouf for the tax collector. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Iron Mask as James Hook. Oh, I've been wanting to watch that. I need to watch that. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan together (laughs) at last. Uh, And Bruce Willis for Breach, Hard Kill, and Survive the Night. Or Bruce. Yeah. Uh, We're supporting actress goes to Maddie Ziegler for music. Beating out Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Don't give... Razzies to children. <laughs> Did we give a Razzie to a child yet? Maddie Ziegler. Oh, she's Maddie the Ziegler. Little, oh, she's yeah. the little okay, girl sure. that dances in all the Sia music videos. Uh, oh, is oh. she? Oh. Yeah. oh. Fuck well, that. Fuck you, Razzies. I don't care how shitty that movie is. Don't give Razzies to children. Right. Yeah. She's an incredible. She grew, I think she was on dance. I think, moms, she, I think she? she's older now, is that by well, this point, too. She's so. a teenager, but still. Yeah. That's fair. Child. Yeah. It, so it should have gone to Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Or yes, it should have yeah. gone to Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy for having to give that stupid Terminator speech. Um, but then she does beat out Lucy Hale for Fantasy Island, uh, Maggie Q for Fantasy Island, and Kristen Wiig for Wonder Woman 1984. Boo. Boo on that Yeah, boo on that one. Uh, worst screen combo goes to Rudy Giuliani and his pant zipper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, beating out Robert Downey Jr. in his utter, utterly unconvincing Welsh accent. <laughs> I would have given it to him and uh, the, dragon's the dragon's penis. asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Harrison Ford in that totally fake-looking CGI dog. No, that movie's really good. Is it? Yes. Yeah, he's right. a very good boy. I love. I love Call of the Wild. Uh, Lauren Lapkus and David Spade in The Wrong Missy and Adam Sandler in his grating simpleton voice in Hubie Halloween. Uh, worst prequel re- prequel remake ripoff and sequel goes to Doolittle. Well, Lisa picked up some. Beating, up, uh, beating out 365 days, apparently a ripoff of Fifty Shades of Grey, Fantasy Island, Hubie Halloween, which is a ripoff of Ernest Scared Stupid, and Wonder Woman 1984. And worst <laughs> screenplay uh, goes to uh, 365 days. Beating all three. <laughs> and they did a special governor's award for the worst calendar year ever to 2020. Yeah. So that one was pretty well deserved. Yep. Yeah. And that is our Razzie Roundup, which will move us on to our Oscar Worsties. And our worsty judgments. God damn it. (laughs) You could have played it off. I could have. Our Husky Worsty Worsty Judgments. 
All right. Zach. Hi. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? I was looking back at my rankings. I saw four of these uh, Best Picture nominees, and I'll start with my lowest of the ones I saw, which was Mank, which was fine, but had no reason being the most nominated movie of the year. Didn't need to win what it won. I, I liked it. It was enjoyable, whatever. Gary Oldman was great, and I have an interest in Citizen Kane, so I liked it for that, but nope. Uh, <laughs> Sound of Metal, absolutely incredible in every way. Absolutely deserved a uh, nomination. I would have been happy if that won. Uh, my favorite of the year was Judas and the Black Messiah, though. Uh, that That's what I would have had as best picture. Um, the Five Bloods and I'm Thinking of Ending Things rounded out my top five of that year. Yeah. Pretty good films there. Yeah. Um, and I still have a lot to catch up with that I haven't seen from that year. But you know what? Sure. Yeah, it deserved Best Picture. Nomadland was great. Um, it's a, a very thought-provoking and introspective film about American life. Mm-hmm. So... The American yeah. condition. Absolutely. American condition. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, I think this movie deserves best picture. Okay. I think Sound of Metal probably should have won it, despite how much I love Nomadland now. I don't... <sighs> Sound of Metal just was so fucking good. The fact that I'm, I'm a little pissed off they chose this year to split up sound. Mm-hmm. When it, it it should have won two Oscars for that, it should have won it for mixing and uh, sound editing. So I do not disagree. Uh, the movie was shot beautifully. It was acted beautifully. I God, just like when he gets the implant alone and just hearing that, like being right. able to kind of get an understanding. Just fuck. Um, Bank was completely unfucking necessary. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, and I hate to say it, but man, was that like Gary Oldman can do no wrong, but apparently he has a worst. And of what I've seen, it's not again, he wasn't bad. I just did not see him give a Gary Oldman performance in that movie. Yeah. So I don't understand why that one, outside of being a Hollywood jerk off movie, it, it just was even looked at. So, <sighs> yeah. Again, Nomadland definitely deserved it, but was not my pick. And I had not seen any of the other ones. So, Paul? All right. Uh, I was looking at something real quick to... I have a quick question, too. I'm sorry. Note. Did... Um, 93rd. Okay. Did we... Uh, One Night in Miami came out this year, didn't it? Yes, it did. Okay, because you said Leslie Odom Jr., right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I just forgot to mention that. That's a great film. Nominated for two Academy Awards this year. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Um, films that are not in my top 20. All right. I have 87 films that I marked down for this Oscar period because mm. I went by the Oscar period. Uh, so we'll start with Trial of the Chicago 7, which was number 54 on my list of 87. <laughs> wow. That film is cheesy as shit and uh, very dishonest and bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Sorkin should be ashamed. 
a promising young woman, a film I think is fine. I do have it at number 41 on my list. I like what it has to say. I think all the performances are strong. I don't think the writing is as good as it should be, and it definitely should not have won this Academy Award. I'm sorry, Emerald Fresnel. I'm interested to see what you have to do next, though. Uh, all right, for some reason, I must have gotten to it a little too late, like one of those watched it right before the ceremony kind of thing. Because I know I saw Minari before the ceremony happened, but I don't I don't have it on this list. I have it on my 2021 list. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and it's not my top 20 over there. It most likely would have made my top 20 this year with the short amount of films. It's like my number 24 on the 2021 list. I think I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, it is a film I really enjoyed. Okay. Oh, and Mank is not in my top 20. It is sitting at my number 27 of the year. I think it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like, that's it. It's it's just, it's unnecessary. I, I found no point of that movie going, anything spectacular is being done for what they're trying to do with it. Yeah. So. So. And and apparently it pushes a lot of like half truths about you know how little Orson Welles worked on the writing of Citizen Kane. Yeah. So not thrilled with that. Uh, all right. So my top twenty. Oh, you know what? For some reason, Judas and the Black Messiah is not on my top twenty here either. Why did I put that on my twenty twenty one list? I guess they're technically released in twenty twenty one. Yeah, February twelfth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, I. I know that, but like I, I extended the courtesy to a lot of other things, but I didn't to this. It's my number fourteen in my twenty twenty one list. It definitely would have been in my top twenty. Sure. So let's tune in next week to find out what I what thirteen films I have above that. <laughs> okay, so top twenty time. Uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. I think that film is wonderful. Uh, Timmy Failure. Mistakes were made. I don't know why people don't like this film. I thought it was very charming. Okay. It's on Disney Plus. Check it out. Family friendly. Uh, The Willoughby's. I like that film. Love and Monsters. That movie surprised the shit out of me. When it got nominated for... I I would not have watched that film if it didn't get nominated for special effects. And I did. And I'm happy I watched it. It's so good. It's one of those movies that I feel like you need to tell people straight off the bat that the dog survives because you spend the entire movie. If you spend the entire movie on edge about that one fact, it will kind of put a little damper in the movie. So right. enjoy it a little bit more by knowing the dog survives right. and fucking watch that movie. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, number 16, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I like that play. I like that. Uh, Number 15, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a film about how hard it is to get an abortion in America. Mm. We live in a backward society. Uh, number 14, I'll put it out here now, Nomadland. Okay. I think this, uh, after watching it this week, I think this is going higher. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, must have been in a different headspace last year. Okay. Uh, number 13, The Father. Holy shit. Holy shit, that movie's good. 
Number 12, Miss Juneteenth. Nicole Bahari should have been nominated for Best Actress. This film is incredible. Number 11, Sound of Metal. Uh, I think that, holy shit, his name just dropped out of my head. Riz Ahmed? Riz Ahmed, thank you. My brain yeah. just, that went right into the dark we side. Know, we know you love him, so <laughs> it is your brain. Riz Ahmed should have won Best Actor. Yes! I think he is the best performance of the year. <laughs> yeah. Even though, still, again, Chadwick Boseman was the right call. Yeah. Uh, number 10, I'm thinking of ending things. So good. Yeah. Number 9, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. What a good film. Number 8, Birds of Prey. The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Love that movie. And yeah. best, best death scene in cinema. And yes. best sandwich. And best oh, sandwich. Oh, gosh, best sandwich. <laughs> best sandwich. Should have gotten an Academy Award. They should have had an honorary award for that sandwich. <laughs> Uh, number seven, Farmageddon, a Shaun the Sheep movie. It's funny looking back at my notes. I wrote that one down. Yep. I, yeah, watch it, watch it. Uh, number six, The Invisible Man. Mm. Still need to watch that. Yeah, good. Uh, number five, the best animated feature nominee, Wolf Walkers. Oh yeah, that, that may or may not be a spoiler for something later. Number four, Robert Rodriguez's We Can Be Heroes. <laughs> the semi-sequel to The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, One Night in Miami. Yes. Excellent. Should have been nominated for Best Picture. Should, Should have, have won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, the Netflix <laughs> film. Yay! Fucking amazing. I haven't watched that. I need to make it part of my Christmas rotation along with the greatest Christmas film of all time. Shazam. Shazam. Mm-hmm. And my number one film of the year because I uh, saw got to see so few films in the year of 2020 slash the first two months of 2021. I went ahead and put documentaries into the list as well, which I don't it's normally do. American Utopia. David Byrne's <laughs> American Utopia directed by Spike Lee. Spike Lee, two spots in my top ten. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, that film is great. David Byrne is great. And it's the best concert documentary since Stop Making Sense. There you go. Nice. And that's my top 20. So, to answer the question, not only do I, is No Man Land in my top 20, and I always say if it's in my top 20, I think it deserves best picture, but I think it moves a lot higher than 14 and mm. maybe pushes yeah. I'm thinking of ending things out of my top 10. It's so good. And I cried so much more watching it this time. There you go. All right. Well, Zach, is this the worst best picture? Not at all. I, um, I feel like I could probably rewatch this movie, um, in subsequent years and have it rise even higher right now. I gave it a uh, four stars, which is <laughs> my critical ratings an 82. So that translates to four stars. And it, I have it at number 38, which is the top of my four stars, right above Gandhi and right behind, uh, what did I have behind? Um, uh, Million Dollar Baby, which is my first four and a half. All right. Um, I agree. It is not the worst. I put it at my number 12. Nice. Oh, yeah. It beat out Miss, Mrs. Miniver. Good golly. So I, 
is as you said, when it comes to watchability, I could I could watch this movie a bunch. Like, I'm not saying it's gonna hit the rotation like every six months or anything like that, right. but yeah, I I I would love to just if somebody says, Hey, you want to watch Nomad Land? Like, Fuck yeah, I want to watch yeah. Nomad Land. Let's do, that. do this. Uh so yeah, I got it at my number 12, uh right in between Mrs. Miniver and Chicago. Paul. You're making me feel like I have this entirely too low. All right. So no, this is not the worst best picture. I gave this five stars. It went from four and a half to five. Okay. I it resonated with me on such a deeper level on this watching, and I was not ready for it. And that that emotional connection to the film really pushed it much higher. Uh, I have it at my number twenty eight. It is currently the bottom of my five stars, and I feel kind of bad about that but i was having a hard time putting this above return of the king which is right above it Mm -hmm. and i just kept looking at see that's 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 how you do this list for me like it's you look at the next like once you hit a a plateau right you're like all right i know it beats all of these and then you hit that one movie go is this better than that one and you have to take it by each movie Yeah. yeah exactly and i'm looking at the films that i have above lord of the rings i'm like Am I just having a hard time putting it above these films because of my relationship to these films? Because it's equally as good as all of them. But no, but again, this is your list. And if, if it is your list, then that's how you feel like I, it, it was, it was tough to put the, anything above Mrs. Miniver. And again, my, my, like my second wall is Godfather part two. So it's got to beat that one. Is it? Well, no, that's my first wall is Godfather part two. And then it's got to kind of beat. And Mrs. Miniver was actually my, my second wall. So, mm. yeah, this one just beating that out for me. So, yeah, uh, next week's got to beat that. Yeah, I'm, and it's and like I said, it's my list. It's just a matter of like the fact that I feel personally that this film should be higher, but I'm struggling with the yeah. idea of putting it above, say, an All Quiet on the Western Front or it happened one night. You know, that's all. That's all personal to me. Yeah, and. I just love this film. I, but, I, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Understandable. I'm, I'm glad I rewatched it. I'm, I'm glad. glad. I, I'm glad we do this because I have been, I've seen so many movies that I would have never watched before. And yeah. Yeah. It's, and you find gems like this. You find gems like this. Exactly. So. All right, gents. Well, I think we are going to go ahead and call it here. My name is, is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, the Twitch, and the TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker at Zachmaster X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R TikTok House Havoc and Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of in uh, Twitter and Letterboxd, where I do a running tally of all the films that I watch. And this week, I watched DC's League of Super Pets. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Oh, nice. Guys, watch DC's League of Super Pets and watch it with your kids. It's it's so good. They've seen the that. commercials and they're excited about it. You you need to jump on it. Uh, oh, and I guess um, you could start following me on the TikToks with our... with. Uh, past guest of the show, future guest of the show, Joe Tapia, as we are now shark-dressed men. I um, 
I'm going to insert myself here live on air. Caitlin encouraged me to get a shark suit if I can join you sometimes. Would that be okay? Absolutely. <laughs> we we were just talking about having shark guests on. We were talking to people in our D&D group last night about shark guesting. All right. I have been advertising the shit out of that. And you know how I hate puns, but that is one of the best names ever. Just <laughs> well yeah. done, sirs. Just yes. well done. All right. All right. All right. Zach, what are we watching next week? We are finishing up <gasps> via... The available Best Picture winners for now. Best Picture winner. With Coda, which you can stream on Apple TV Plus. And then that's uh, that's the only place it is because it's exclusive and they did Mm. it. Yeah. Dick move. Mm. That's Apple for you. Yep. (laughs) Apple dick. (laughs) (laughs) Like a baby's arm holding an apple. And with that note, we'd like to thank Trav for producing our podcast. You catch him on his show, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, wherever you can find podcasts. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song you can. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarCityPod and on Facebook at the Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the all- Almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. Jump in the van. Let's go on the road. Let's go on an adventure. We got a great big con, boy. I don't know why that one. <laughs> 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 For Jonathan and Zach and the wonderful Chloe Zhao, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>